This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Furminger, and today I'm damn happy, damn happy to welcome Larisa fucking Tronco to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Larissa plays Gabrielle fucking Dupree on The Order, and I'm not just swearing out of turn. That's literally a big part of her character. First, The Order. The Order tells the story of two competing secret societies on a university campus. On one hand, you have The Order, dedicated to practicing and protecting magic, and on the other, you have the Knights of St. Christopher, who are wise-ass, hard-drinking werewolves sworn to fight bad magic. Last season ended with a cliffhanger that left a lot of people on social media really angry. And season two, which premiered in June, hit the ground running and made me feel big feelings. I love season two more than I love season one, and I loved season one. We had magical terrorists determined to set magic free. We had incredible guest stars like James Marsters and Jodel Furland and Maddie Finocchio and some 90210 OGs and Diana Bang. We had yet another devastating season finale. But I think what I love most is how we got to see our core characters grow. And in my opinion, no one grew more than Gabrielle fucking Dupree. Gabrielle began the season firmly entrenched in the role of the character we love to hate, keeping an eye on one of our heroes, Jack and Casey regains his memories. But as the season progressed, we got to see that Gabrielle contains multitudes. She has depth. She's vulnerable. She is capable of love and friendship. She can sing. Gabrielle revealed herself to have range, and that's because Larissa herself has incredible range. We heard this from The Order showrunner Dennis Heaton during his recent interview on this very podcast. Gabrielle survived season one and grew in prominence in season two because of Larissa's skill as a performer. Or, as my dear friend Mig Macario, who showed up as Gabrielle's father this season, told me last night, Lowe has range as an actor. From great comic timing to where she was able to hit deeply emotional notes, Lowe is a talented lady who's kind, generous, and grounded. P.S. Larisa, your on-screen dad says, hi, Anak. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Gabrielle fucking Dupree with this talented actor. We're going to talk about her season two journey and her hopes for season three. And I'm convinced we're getting season three. We're going to play a spirited round of favorite things. And warning, this episode will contain spoilers about season two of The Order. Lots and lots of spoilers. 
Larisa Tronco. Larisa fucking Tronco. <laughs> Welcome to the YBR Screen Scene Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we're finally doing this. We're finally doing yeah. this. And I will say, like, this is... Uh, so this is a peek behind the curtain here. This is my first interview that I'm recording in the studio since before the pandemic. Amazing. And we still yet have a screen in front. Yeah, I, we have our um, <laughs> prison glass between us, a nice plexiglass screen. There's hand sanitizer pretty much everywhere you can look. But So it's still a little strange, but it's nice. But it's, we're doing it. We're, we're doing yeah. it right here. Can I ask you the... Um, probably the biggest, most emotionally weighted question of the pandemic times? Yeah. How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm today I'm good. Yeah. Like, I feel like every day is kind of different, I think. I think everybody's feeling uh, different in, in terms of like emotional level um, every single day, but today is good because yeah. I'm here and I'm happy to see you. Yay! And yeah, it's been like, uh, we've been trying to schedule something for, I would probably say like last year year or so, right? Yeah, like, Definite, definitely before season two dropped. And I think yes. it's like, it's really, it's very good timing. I mean, in the end, it's good that it worked out this way because now I have season two. Now we have more to talk now about. Now we have so much more to talk about. Um, Okay, let's talk about this character. Let's talk about Gabrielle Dupree. Gabrielle fucking Dupree. Let's do it. And I swear, the first time your character says that about herself in season one, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I hate her, but this woman knows exactly who she is. So tell me about your initial response to this character. Um, well, then, I guess the initial response was um, she was really, really privileged and rich and... Uh, she liked to talk back a lot and um, <laughs> I remember one of the scenes for um, the audition process um, it was with um, Jack and I was talking about how I was able to control my tutor Jonas mm. and that alone I was like oh she knows something like she's smarter than she's letting people know Yeah, and I kind of tried to bring that into the audition of like whatever that might mean, because I only read the first episode um, at that point. Um, but I was like, she's smarter than she's letting people know. Um, and I don't I don't know what that is, but I'm curious about it. You're so nice. Like in person, you're so <laughs> nice and so sweet. And I did have this experience uh, watching season two when Mick, who has been a friend of mine for years, comes on, who's also like the nicest, sweetest person mm -hmm. in real life. And he is such a, a bastard and he just says all these awful things to you and I'm like oh my god like you're such a good actor but like, I can't believe you're saying these things and so do you, like I'm having that experience now where you're sitting here I've only know Gabrielle fucking yeah, yeah 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 and you're just you're so nice and sweet so it's a little strange yeah. isn't it I, I feel like I feel like especially like at Comic-Con last year um, I definitely had that experience because I, I think like sometimes the audience merges the actor with the character yeah. and when I was when I was meeting some of the fans they were so nice to like you know, Sarah and Thomas and Adam and Devery and Katie, and then they get to me and they're like, hey. Hi. And I was like, hi. And they're like, are you going to bring the glove? And I was like, um, do you want me to? I don't know if we have it, but yeah, I think it's a little shocking sometimes just because that's all people see. Yeah. Me, you know? Can I tell you, can I ask you though about the experience of playing somebody like Gabrielle who... I mean, yes, we got to see the season that she's vulnerable, and I'm so excited to see where she goes in season three. And I'm telling you, season there will be a season three. I'm Manifest convinced. That. Um, 
But like, I can imagine that playing a character that has that nasty streak that is like so like doesn't think and is quick to react. That's a lot of fun. Like, can you can you tell me about like the joys and also the challenges of playing somebody who reacts like that? Absolutely. Um, well, I can tell you that um, as a teenager, I wasn't like a great kid to my parents. Mm. I talked back a lot to them, um, and I think that was sort of like an inspiration for Gabrielle. <laughs> um, my parents and I have an amazing relationship, but I think it definitely grew s- since. Um, like probably when I was like 17, 18, that's when I think I actually started growing up. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I think sort of like Gabrielle's like talking back and quickness sort of stems from like my teenage years, to be quite honest. Wow, can't even imagine yeah. it. So your parents like watching this and being like, we know, uh, this, we we recognize this. It's like, like they're having flashbacks. This was like yesterday. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I think that's, but it is really, really fun because I feel like um, she also gets a lot of like the the comedy of the show, yeah. and um, especially like this season uh, playing off Adam Demarco who plays Randall. Um, and we're going to talk about that because, like, not only did you play off of Adam Demarco, there is literally a big chunk of one episode where you have to like embody. Adam DeMarco because he like you are him or he's you or you know you the actor become him becoming you anyway (laughs) it was very exciting to to see that yeah yeah yeah. you know he's uh, he's so funny um in the show and in real life and to play off his like comedic timing and then still get him like sort of sort of as like a love interest for Gabrielle at the same time to like yeah. open up her vulnerability um, was was awesome. So so heartwarming. Um, we've had a few villains sit in that in that chair or not real life villains. We've had Richard Harmon, you know John Murphy on the Hundred. We've had Michael Eklund, who's played all manner of mm-hmm. you know bad guys. And I I've asked them this question as well. Like, is it important to like? or empathize with a character who who has done bad things to people who is has that nasty streak like is is it important to to, to like your villainous character i, I guess i think so yeah so um, you like you like gabrielle fucking dupree yeah i mean i um i have a coach andrew mcelroy his um, name comes up all the okay andrew mcelroy if you're listening Shoot me a DM. Let's get you in this chair because his name people evoke his name in here he's all amazing. the time. Um, but he's you know he he's has said never play a character that you wouldn't go out to lunch with. Wow. And I don't know if like you necessarily have to be in love with a character, but I think you have to empathize with them in order to play them yeah. in order to like go to deeper places um, with the character. Then that's just what's um, you know on the surface area. Um, of them or surface level um, so yeah I, I think I definitely would go out for lunch with Gabrielle but yeah. I, I, I don't know how, like I, I think we would be like acquaintances you know what I mean <laughs> like I feel like she'd be one of those people that I would would be able to see like once a year yeah it's like yeah you know? I get that feeling um, okay so what were what were some of your uh, fears or concerns or expectations going into season two? I really had none. Yeah. I, I really, um, like, I remember um, after season one, Dennis had uh, 
he shot me out an email and he was like, uh, you know, I have some interesting thoughts for season two for for Gabrielle. But I, I literally had no. I was just like, sweet, like I I'm back for season two, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I had no idea um, the amount of story that she would sort of carry this season. Yeah, um, Gabrielle is, uh, and we're gonna hit. We're gonna talk about some of those story point points. Um, but Gabrielle's a werewolf now. Um, you personally, Larissa. Where do your allegiances lie? Are you more the Order or are you more St. Christopher? See, my default is to always say magic mm. because I've the the fantasy of having magical powers is so appealing to me. Um, but in but specifically the Knights of St. Christopher, they I think they really work hard to create a family. Yeah. And I think that's sort of like what um, you know, now I'm talking about my character um, <laughs> and not Larisa, but I think that's what, what Gabrielle sort of craves. Yeah. And that's what she thought the Order was able to, um, you know, give her. And she finds out pretty, pretty quickly in season one that is not necessarily true. Yeah. It was really powerful, um, that scene where Gabrielle comes face to face with her inner demons including the sweetest man in the world, Mig Macario, as your as your father. Yes. Can you tell me about um uh, about the experience of of shooting that, you know, and uh, and you know, going in to shoot something like that. Like I'm assuming that that called upon a lot of your deep emotions and your skill set as an actor to stand there and take those kind of words and and to kind of hold your ground, you know, emotionally when all of that stuff is coming at you. Like, tell me about what was going through your mind when you were doing that and how you ha- and the kind of the impact that it has on you as, as a human. Um, I think uh, for me anyway, I can definitely relate to Gabrielle in the sense of. Uh, you see in that scene that she has never really felt enough for anybody, mm. and specifically her tatai, um, who plays who's be, who play, has been played by Meg so beautifully. Yeah. Um, and I could totally relate to that. Um, as Larisa, like I feel like I am like a workaholic, and I'm very hard of my hard on myself. I think I definitely have gotten better throughout the years Good. as I grow older, but. Um, she's definitely somebody who was told she was never enough from her dad, from her schoolmates, um, you know, from her ballet teacher, you see. Um, and to be able to dive into that side of her, um, even for like that one scene, I knew it really meant something. Yeah. Because you got to see the way she like why she is the way that she is you could see the complexity in her I felt empathy for sure after that I didn't feel before um so I have heard through from multiple sources that Sarah Gray is one of your your uh dearest friends um okay so you killed your IRL BFF on the show um was that awkward one (laughs) (laughs) And then I have a follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Um, yeah, Sarah and I are, like, yeah, we're, she's one of my best friends. And uh, we actually worked on a different movie together, um, like, three months before uh, we started The Order, um, which was a Lifetime movie called No One Would Tell. Mm. And um, we hit it off pretty great during that time. And I, I swear, I, I, s- side note, this is a story, actually. Um 
we got dinner three months after we had done the Lifetime movie. And at dinner, she told me she got this part for Alyssa. Yeah. For The Order. And um, I was like, oh my goodness, congratulations. And she was showing me like the cast list during dinner. And I saw Gabrielle's name. Hmm. And it was blank. And I remember being like, oh, um, I auditioned for that like two weeks ago, but um, I haven't heard anything. And she was like, oh, um, well, I hope whoever gets it, uh, we get along because there's very few. um, This was before Lilith was announced. She was Mm. like, I think we're the only women so far for like the main cast um, and and Katie, of course. But there's um, Gabrielle is one of the few. And I was like, oh, I'm sure. whoever gets it like you, you'll get along fine yeah, everybody's nice yeah and it's a nice community absolutely yeah. and then i look at my phone and my agent deb dillstone called deb and i was like oh that's weird deb called while you're there with while, sarah while i'm there with sarah and uh, it was eight o'clock at night so yeah. i was like that's kind of weird and so i called deb back and i was like hey deb like what's what's going on she's yeah. like how are you i'm like oh i'm at dinner with sarah she's like oh great so you know who else is on the show and i went wait what she's like oh yeah i just sent you an email um blah 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 and i was like i have i was like i literally have no idea what you're talking about she's like oh honey you booked gabrielle Woo! <laughs> and sarah and i went ballistic oh that's amazing we were jumping on like we were at the at a restaurant and people were staring at us somebody was like oh did someone get pregnant like because we were like <laughs> we were like cheering and everything so um yeah it's but have wild. you had to work hard though because you guys are like you like each other so much have you had to work hard to kind of like push that down because you don't really like each other that much on the show mm, uh no it's just kind of funny yeah. i don't i i will say like season one during the torturing scene um with her um and the monologue with gabrielle fucking dupree oh, so we were like okay we had a talk of like we can't laugh yeah like we just can't <laughs> laugh because if we start going down that road we're not going to be able to get out of it yeah um but no, it's just it's I think it's actually easier if you like the person. Okay. Because there's no there's like no weird tension. It's just like it's fun. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess it's, there's trust there as well. Yes. You just both let each other like shine and be your best selves. Okay, so with regards to your characters though, you you did kill Alyssa. I'm talking to Gabrielle. <laughs> you killed her. Yes. Um do you think that <laughs> <Sorry>. Gabrielle is <laughs> responsible or should be held responsible for what Midnight did to Alyssa? Because I see, I mean, one of the last times that we see Gabrielle in season two is like, she is just racked with guilt and she's, you know, seeking comfort in Randall's arms and covered with blood. Like, and it is a bad death. It wasn't an accident. It was, it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. (laughs) Like, the visual effects were great and everything. Um, But do you think, do you think she should feel guilty? See, I've been debating about this as well. Where are you today on your debate? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't, I don't know, to be honest, because I'm interested in seeing, like, what, how she feels specific. Because you could see she's regretting it, like, at the end of the season. And, And she's obviously murdered (laughs) <laughs> people before <laughs> like she murdered Kyle in season one but for her to murder Alyssa I, I think 
she even understands that is bad. And that's huge for Gabrielle. Yeah. Um, so, but did she murder him? I mean, that's also the question. Was it really her? Because, like, when, because, like, there's a very powerful werewolf that is that is now yeah. inside of her, right? You know, yeah, like, when it's kind of like a roundabout way. Um, and I think that's how she's able to, um, say like it's okay or like um it wasn't my fault um which i she might do um if we get a season three you you're know? getting a season three i'm <laughs> i'm da- i'm writing e- emails to netflix on the daily Dear netflix. <laughs> <laughs> i have emotions and i need closure yes. um yeah i don't know what do you think because that is i think it's it's tough right because on one hand midnight it's midnight right yes i'm midnight. so the, bad with the, names the most clearly. noble of the nights yeah Yep. the most noble and and powerful and um, and righteous yes. and um, and so that's a very powerful werewolf you know and so with but, a very powerful woman yeah and that's the thing like that so that's where I kind of get stuck because mm-hmm. I'm like oh yeah she was overwhelmed but wait a second Gabrielle fucking Dupree does not get overwhelmed you know mm-hmm. by anybody you know so maybe midnight like latched onto that part of Gabrielle inner psyche you know that didn't like Alyssa mm-hmm. and then like I don't know I don't know I and yet there's a part of me that when I saw her, you know, like collapsing into Randall's arms at the end, I felt really bad mm. that she was feeling that kind of that kind of pain. I was like, I hope everybody's not mad at her and they just understand. So I don't know. And she was just getting on the right track. See, you, you know? also don't know, right? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. We're all talking about it. We don't we just we I don't. love this show. I love the acting. I love the writing. I love the big feelings and that I feel. I love like watching season two. There are so many times that I, I was like sending angry emails and texts and tweets to Dennis, being like, I wanna buy you a drink and also like throw this laptop at you. Like, how dare you? <laughs> but uh, but I really I, I love it. So what are your dreams then um for your for your character's journey in uh, in season three. Well, speaking of Alyssa, I would like to see Gabrielle bond with the women mm. more. Because yeah. I I don't I don't know she she was able to open up her to to Randall and Hamish a bit uh, in season two, yeah. but for some reason there's still this sort of wall in front of her when she. Um, has conversations with the women. Yeah. With Vera, with Alyssa, with Lilith, with all of them. Um, she, for some reason, has a hard time connecting with women. Yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting to find out more about the reasons why. Like, that's one of the things I love about the show. You keep peeling back the layers. What I love, though, is that these the women on the show especially are not, like, damsels in distress. These are all women who would be very happy to save themselves and do, mm-hmm. you know? And then when they, when they get vulnerable, that's when things are really hard for them. Which is why I think they should bond more. Yeah. Like, they should, they should, like, grab a coffee together or, like, you know, go to dinner and, and you know, <laughs> chat about their likes and dislikes. This is you wanting to share scenes <laughs> with your friends. That's what this is. You're like, it's all like guys. It's just <laughs> testosterone everywhere. want to hang with my women. Um, do you have, like, a, a favorite moment when you think about your order journey so far? I mean, besides when you mm-hmm. find out, when you found out that you were going to be Gabrielle Dupree, was there, like, a time either on set or, you know, when you're watching something happen that that will always come to mind when you think about the order? Um, I think just, like, the amount of laughter mm. we, I had with the cast. Um, specifically, one time I... 
Um, Angus, the character Angus, who's played by Austin so beautifully. Um, he's a new character in season two. Mm. Um, he's part of the order. He and I could not stop laughing after uh, one take. Uh, and it is because I accidentally spat out candy right before um, they called action. And it hit one of the crew members, like, and it stayed on his clothing. And um, I didn't, I was so embarrassed that I spat it and it stuck on him that I couldn't say anything. Like, I was just like, uh, and I was, and I had to go do the scene. So we were both laughing. Wait, did the crew member see it? No. Oh my God. No, I couldn't tell him. I was too embarrassed. Oh. I was too embarrassed, and so when it came, when they called cut, Austin, Austin was cr- like crying, laughing, and Dennis goes up to him. He's like, "Hey, you okay, man?" And, and Austin just goes, and I'm like behind Austin, like shaking my head, no, like please do not tell. And Austin's like, uh, "Yeah, I just get really dry eyes." <laughs> um, Did anybody ever find out? Well, they're hearing now. I mean, everyone knows every- now. Oh, I'm okay. completely exposing yeah. myself now. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I mean, I, I think I, like, told him after I, like, kind of, like, slapped his arm a bit. And he was like, uh And I was like, uh, sorry, it was just a mosquito. And <laughs> he looked at me kind of weird. So I feel like he... Mosquito. Ha- I feel like he kind of knew. Um, but I was so embarrassed that I just couldn't bring myself to, like, tell him the truth. <sighs> wow. So... Thank yeah. you for sharing that story here. Well, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody now knows because of this. Um, that's very, that's very powerful. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I thought you were gonna say some like, oh, that time that I actually said Gabrielle fucking Dupree, <laughs> no. or when I nope, it was spitting candy was on spitting a crew member. <laughs> I wonder if that guy was like, or well, it was a guy, right? Guy yeah. crew. I won't like, say who it yeah. is because I, I'm already embarrassed enough. Yeah, but he's like, wow, that diva spat <laughs> candy at. Can't do that in the era of COVID so, or, now, right? Eh? Or he's either like, wow, she saved me from a mosquito. No, he, that's, that's <laughs> not what he did. And that's not what he thinks at all. Wow. Um, okay. Whew, I don't even know where to go from here. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, I've got to tell you, one of the most powerful moments that I've had... Um, with regards to the order uh, came from my daughter um, who I don't let watch the order because it's mm. kind of like how old's her daughter? she's nine okay yeah she's yeah, yeah. a little bit she's a little like I don't know she plays like video games and stuff but then there's some things that she sees on TV that really scare her uh, but I was watching yeah and then Valid. I'm like okay nope but I was wa- I was watching the order one day and, and you know she was around and she she saw you and she's like is, is she Filipino? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And so for my daughter, who is, you know, the Filipino is one of her cultures, it was so powerful for her mm. to see you because like I like we, she and I ended up talking about it. She hadn't seen anybody who kind of looked like her on screen before. So I'm really curious what the response has been from and and I do I see that you've tweeted in Tagalog and there's a photo of you with Joe Coy. Did you go to that show? Um, I did, and I tried to talk to him and I tried to pitch him this like great idea of a pilot, and it didn't work out. No, um, but I'm a huge fan. Um, I hurt myself laughing at that show. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, no, thank you for saying that. I I think um, you you know, growing up, um, in a Filipino family. And being Filipino, I think there's a huge awareness that there is um, kind of a gap for um, people who look like me in the mainstream media. Yeah. 
And so um, when I would watch movies and stuff like that, I, I, I always knew that like I loved performing, but there was sort of this pl- uh, like mindset of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. Just because I didn't really see anybody who looked yeah, like Yeah, why me. would you think that you could do that if you don't see anybody who looks like yourself on screen? Exactly. And um, that's a very common mindset, I think, in um, like my Filipino friends and their parents and stuff like that. And even with my parents specifically, even though I was involved with the arts my entire life, um, they there was, it was sort of hard for them to come to terms with the fact that I wanted to do this as a career. Yeah. And I think it comes from a place of um, it doesn't seem like maybe like an attainable job. Yeah. Um, so for your daughter to say that, that that means so much to me. Yeah. And the amount of support that I've had from people, especially after seeing um, the scene with Mig, um, when I call him Tatai, you know, they like a lot of people have been reaching out and saying like you know they they feel really happy wow. about that so it's been it's been really really great um and i'm actually glad you brought that up because <clears throat> there has also been some um criticism with my pronunciation hmm. um that's been kind of going around and um some controversy that comes with that of like what does it mean to be Filipino wow yeah and um, it's kind of it's interesting this is the first time I'm talking about this publicly actually and um, so just sorry so there was criticism about the way that you pronounce yeah and um, which like is completely valid Um, I do not speak the language fluently yeah Um, and how do I how do I put this? I'm coming from a place where um, I want to create space for Filipino talent, and as a Filipino woman, I want to be able to be hireable for many more jobs in the future. Yeah, and I think part of my responsibility is to help create that space. So um, Gabrielle wasn't originally written as Filipino. Hmm. And so when they saw me and they got to know me, they wanted to amplify that part of me. And so when there was um, a scene written with my dad, I pushed for him to be casted as Filipino because I knew the importance of representation. And um, to me, that's what's really, really important, as well as continuing to explore my heritage while also finding my identity at the same time. So I think I think it's something you know, I'm open to like creating a dialogue about because I think it's, I think identity is something that as first generation, a lot of first generation Canadians and Americans struggle with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at with it. Well, right thank now. you for sharing that. You know, when you're speaking, I, I, I've, I've, I saw a lot of my own uh, relationship to my Specifically, my South Asian side. You know, my dad is from from India, and you know the the experience of being um, Indo Canadian mm-hmm. and growing up in this culture, uh, and you know, looking and sounding the way that I do, and taking in the media that I do. It's so different than um, my cousins in India. My mm-hmm. life is so mm-hmm. is so different, you know. And we have not s- seen a lot of 
Indians, you know, portrayed like the immigrant experience or the children of immigrant experience, you know, portrayed on screens, especially as it relates to being Canadian as well, right? So when there's something, there was a show called Welcome to Surrey, which was this awesome web series that was about, you know, like the kids of in- immigrants, like hanging out in Surrey and eating sushi and like, you know, dealing with their parents' expectations. So like there's, it, it was really powerful to see as well for, for me. I honestly, I feel like this is, this is a golden moment right now in history. Like with all of the challenges, you know, that that face us and the push for social justice and for representation, we do have an opportunity now. To- Absolutely, and I feel like for you to be saying that, I feel like me a year ago, if this were to happen to me a year ago, I would probably honestly just wanna like tuck it away and yeah. like deal with it on my own. But I feel like, um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, while listening to these stories, it also inspires me to talk about um, some of the things that I am experiencing on my own yeah. in terms of being Filipino-Canadian and what that might mean. So yeah. um, thank you for holding this space um, for that. Well, this is this is what the space is for. Also, I just realized we are at this. Um, so my my table in the podcast booth is literally like a 1950s kitchen table, like a diner table. And I love to imagine, you know, women like 60, 70 years ago, you know, it's sharing their stories and whatever over like cups of tea or coffee. You know, I feel like this table is a little bit of carry stories in that way. So we're continuing that. Um, OK, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and play, it's not, it's not really game, because, well, it's just, it's fun for me. Uh, it's called Favorite Things, um, where you literally answer questions that I ask you about your favorite things. These questions were developed by um, a top investigative uh, journalist, my nine-year-old daughter, Mari, who felt that <laughs> the answers to these questions would be very revealing about the guests. So are you ready to play Favorite Things? Yes, let's do it. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's no prize, but... Uh, answer, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> answer from your gut. Okay. You know, first thing that comes to mind. Okay, what is your favorite song? Uh, uh, Soulmate by Lizzo. Oh, you answered <laughs> the look of panic on your face. is great. Okay, and what is your favorite karaoke song? Oh, Domino by Jesse J. <laughs> I'm feeling sexy and free. Can I ask you about your, your Filipino family, though? So, yeah. as I say, I've been part of a Filipino family now for more than 20 years. Karaoke is a huge part of, of every is. family gathering to the point where we had karaoke it at is. our wedding reception. Even yeah. people who don't, like, sing, yeah. quote-unquote, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll sing karaoke. Yeah. Like, I remember growing up, my dad would just have the karaoke machine um, on by himself Aww. in the living room. And I'll, I'll come in from school, and he's, like, singing Lady in Red. And I'm like, w- w- was like, who are you performing for? And he's like, yeah, it's just Lady it's in fun. Red is one of Paul's Lolo's favorite songs. Aww. I'm not kidding. Okay, sorry, sorry. We're getting a sidetrack. We can, yeah, we can, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. <laughs> what is your favorite way to spend a lazy Sunday in Vancouver? A la- probably get brunch somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Walk around the beach. Yeah. Brunch seems like a very Gabrielle answer. Uh, <laughs> I feel is- it's also a very Vancouver answer. It really like, is. Let's get brunch. Yeah. I don't know. Well, at Maybe least not. from the before times, the before pandemic times. Yeah, all right. Yes, yes. <laughs> what is your favorite junk food? Oh, craft dinner. Okay, I have follow-up questions because I, I have very strong <laughs> feelings about craft dinner. Okay, great. Um, how do you feel about ketchup? And No. Okay, good. No. Good. I've tried it, the hot dogs and the ketchup situation, yeah. and I just want it 
the I just want the OG. Yeah, you know? OG super yeah. orange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Favorite superhero. Oh, does Mulan count? Fuck yeah. 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 Right? Mulan counts. Yeah. Favorite supervillain. <sighs> Gabrielle fucking Dupree. Yes, that was the only acceptable <laughs> answer. What was your favorite TV series when you were nine years old? Oh, when I was nine. Oh, what a time. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> favorite TV series? I just remember watching Arthur a lot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One of my favorite gifts. I didn't watch Arthur, but like, isn't there like some character and she's like super mad and she's making a fist? And oh, DW? Is that who that is? The little sister? Yeah, yeah little yeah, sister yeah. making a fist. There's that meme that's going around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that meme. Favorite movie when you were nine years old? Oh, favorite movie. That's 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 hard. Um, Cody Banks, Secret Agent. What is your favorite vacation destination? <sighs> you know what? I went to Los Cabos for the first time last year, and I loved it. But I also went to the Philippines. Um, couple years ago uh, yeah. not last christmas but the christmas before and i also loved that so yeah yeah so philip so manila provinces um we went, i went to iloilo which is where my parents um is originally from oh, okay yeah. um and for my daughter this is her this is the most serious question yes this is the one this is the one that she will she, you the way you answer this she will know exactly who you are okay you ready yeah it's a lot of pressure favorite animal oh dog Oh, that's not an acceptable answer for her. Oh, hi. <laughs> She's she, a cat person. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be fine with that. Well, we were almost there. We were almost there. Big dogs, little dogs? All dogs. Yeah. All dogs. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with little dogs, um, but I've kind of grown from that, and, and I love all dogs. Yeah. Oh. Okay. She's going to be really disappointed. She's going to be like, oh, she was almost cool. Yeah. I think she likes Arthur. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> she likes Mulan. Great. Um, can we talk a little bit more about the music? Because we talked about karaoke. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the best, most memorable scenes in season two isn't even a magical scene, but it was a magical musical scene where you sing. Yes. You bring out that. You're like, karaoke! Yeah. And you get to sing with, with Sarah. Yes. Like, so... Um, <laughs> Did you like tell me about the experience of that? First of all, was that your suggestion? Like, did you no. did they know that you can sing? <laughs> it was not my suggestion, um, but it, it was actually um, Chris, our one of our executives, uh, executive executive producers' suggestion because he knew that I could sing and Sarah can also sing. He yeah. was like to Dennis and Shelley, he was like, "We want the girls to sing. Yeah, figure it out." <laughs> and and Dennis, I think. He, he, when he was writing it, he was he was expressing he was trying to find a way to incorporate the singing in a way that was sort of sneaky, mm. and um, he didn't want to do like a he wanted to keep true to the tone, so he didn't want to do like a musical episode. So I think he was like every you know every college series needs to have a college party and why don't we bring karaoke into it it felt natural mm -hmm. I, I totally would think that uh, the knights of saint christopher would have a karaoke machine right like, in their den and i would totally expect somebody like gabrielle to be like oh my god 
Center of attention. Talk for singing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just me and Sarah on a Saturday night. You yeah. Know? Just singing. Do you karaoke. have your own karaoke system, or do you go somewhere to sing? No, we use. Uh, we we've gone as actually as a cast. We've gone a couple times downtown to Fantasy City. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love Fantasy City. Yeah. I, I y'all should sponsor the podcast. But the great thing about Fantasy City, um, <laughs> you know, you know, I know. Well, my my husband went to. Um, Went to uh, Catholic school with one of the with one of the owners who happens to be Filipino. Oh, um, yeah. But they're cu- great rooms, great selection of songs, really weird K-pop videos playing in the background of of songs that like they're totally mismatched. And um, they serve <laughs> a lot mismatched. a lot of fried food, so you can yes. just like yeah. you know and, just stay and in there, the room. Can, and um, we rented a a, a room. Uh, I think it was like in like around Christmas time, and we just. Sang our hearts oh, out. So yeah. good. Like I've, I think the longest I've done there was five hours. And wow. because for me, like I love five to, hours. Five hours. That's a lot. I of was. Singing. It was a lot of singing. Like I couldn't. I couldn't speak or like walk the next day because I was just like up there, j- <laughs> like and I'm drinking and I'm jumping in my heels and <laughs> you know. But I love like it's not just about like oh I can sing and I'm gonna sing for all of you. It's like let's get. You don't need to sing well to have fun at karaoke. It's almost like selfish. It's almost like I'm letting myself sing to myself as yeah. well you know <laughs> it feels good it's like it's it get good. the endorphins pumping and then getting like singing oh my god that what's your last like do you have a last song that like the whole group does because we always end with Bohemian Rhapsody oh you know? I don't I don't I don't remember if we did a group song I think everyone wanted to do solos <laughs> oh oh right you said you went with actors <laughs> Makes sense. That was good. That I liked. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> yeah. You're going to come back, right? Yeah. We're going to do this again. Where is the Tronco? Oh, wait. I do have one more question. You can tell I'm a very professional interviewer and I'm <laughs> always professional all the time. Um, I do have one question before I ask you for all your social media details. It's a time travel question. Okay. Okay. Yes. First of all, what's your time travel vehicle of choice? Time travel vehicle of choice. Wow. Um, do we get? Do I get options? Sure. The <laughs> look of panic on your face. Yeah. So there's Bill and Ted's um, phone booth. There's the TARDIS. Uh, there's the DeLorean. There's some um, uh, Superman. Um, you know, going around the sun or the Enterprise moving oh, around wow. the sun. You know, there's. I think um, I like the telephone booth. Yeah. Okay. Because they don't really exist anymore, and they did when I was a kid. That's true. They do exist in Animal Crossing. One showed up in my... <laughs> Get a recipe to make a blue telephone box. Okay, we're getting into the telephone box. Um, and we're going to go back in time to the very beginning of your career. Like, right when you're like, oh, I am wow. going to be an actor. Yes. And you have a minute to... Pointing at, I'm pointing at you through this glass. It's hilarious. So you have a minute to give yourself some advice. Do you say anything... Oh. Or, you know, do you just keep quiet and let uh, hmm. let things play out how they have? I think I would tell myself to enjoy just being a kid. Yeah. And take my time. Because I, I feel like I didn't really embrace, like, my high school experience yeah. at all. Um, I was always constantly... Um, involved in the arts um, like during school and after school yeah and I think it kind of um, deteriorated me from uh, like a you know the high school experience and I think I would have just told myself 
um, you have time. Yeah. You have time. Well, you can't go back and tell yourself that, but I know you're listening, Mari Furminger. Enjoy being a kid, okay? Gabrielle fucking Dupree says so. (laughs) (laughs) Larissa Tronco, where can our fans find you and follow you on the social media? Oh, you could follow me at Larissa Tronco. Very challenging to remember that. On all the socials. Yes, on all, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Oh, wait, I think my Facebook one is Larissa Tronco official. There will be links to all yes. of the social media accounts in the footnotes. I don't even for know. This Isn't that awful? <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. I can't fix that in post, but I can put links Great. to everything in the awesome. footnotes. What a joy. Thank you so much for Thank being here. Thank you so here. much for having me, Sabrina. She's so nice. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. You can find more than 95 additional episodes of the YVR Screen Scene podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can keep in touch on social media at YVR screen scene and by email at sabrina at yvrscreenscene.com i appreciate you all very very much hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project did you know that the union of bc performers actra provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions including commercials tv series and movies Feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix. For instance, our highly successful UBCP Actra Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered, and you too can benefit from UBCP Actra's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP Actra. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP Actra member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.